0: Yeah, I don't know if you can hear, but we've got the bin lorries in, uh, in in my street right now taking the trash out. Oh, so, that's
1: convenient, which is kind timing. of like
0: a yeah, an appropriate way <laughs> to end this podcast. <laughs>
2: It's Friday, December 18th, at least if you are one of our patrons, and if not, it's Friday, uh, January 1st, and this Happy is New a... Happy New Year! Yeah, Happy New Happy Year! New Year. The finally 2020 is over! Well, it's not really, is it? Because we're still in lockdown. To, to me, 2021 doesn't start till the 20th of January. A bit similar as the 20th century started in 1914 and not in uh, 1900 because of the First World War. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm slightly concerned that we're going to say Happy New Year to people, but in fact, between now when we are recording this on the 18th of December and when this podcast goes public the world will actually end so yeah. maybe it, there will be no new year
2: <laughs> that's <is laughs> yeah. a distinct possibility <laughs> i i think i will not say happy new year i will say a happy uh, happy no 2020 anymore that's what i'm going to tell everybody oh I that's think. a
1: good choice i like it
2: yeah first of all this is a very special episode because this is the last time molly will be on the show for a as a regular crew member of this podcast uh so uh, molly again we will miss you very much but we you will indeed. not miss
0: yeah. us i think uh, not even no, a little bit yeah, we've got much better things to do
2: yeah
1: Yeah, like sleep in on a friday morning (laughs) (laughs) for starters yeah no i will miss you guys it's not it's not true i will uh i will miss this and i'm i'm looking forward to uh to coming back to do to do some elections stuff so i suspect that uh that that, that will be a fun regroup of of everyone Indeed. Indeed. will you still be listening
0: to the podcast though that's a question
1: i <laughs> no. i mean yes n- uh, i don't know that's a good question no i i mean i suspect so mostly because my partner listens to it so then oh. i'm sort of like stuck in the house with him listening to it so i will continue to listen to it but um i am slightly concerned that you guys are gonna like say mean things about me so i guess i have to keep on top of that
0: <laughs> i wouldn't dream of
2: it well i mean that's well. a lie <laughs> um the other reason why this is a very special episode is that it's, uh, as always, it's it's becoming a tradition, uh, uh, more or less. Yeah. Uh, the end of the year episode is, as always, when we will announce the nominees for the Ophef of the Year Award. Every episode, we start uh, with uh, well, what's silly little insignificant thing dominated the media and Twitter in the past week. And now it is our turn to look back and ask ourselves which Ophef was the best. So, how this works is that I made a shortlist with the nominees, Uh, I selected 10 uphefs we discussed over the course of 2020 and I will discuss them briefly to refresh your memories because most of them you probably have totally forgotten about. I know I did. Mm. Um, and when I'm done, Molly, Gordon and I can each select one nominee for this prestigious title. And then as soon as the episode is released, all the listeners can vote which nominee they find uh, they think should win the, the title. And as always, one of the voters will win a special Dutch News mark. So, um, yeah, you can find the, the, the link to vote uh, in the description uh, below. But first of all, I want to uh, ask you, uh, Gordon Mali. Do you remember which OPEV won last year? Now, I actually
0: resisted the temptation to look this up when I read this in the script um, and try and guess <laughs> because, I, but I really don't have a clue. I think the one I can remember from last year. So I'm going to say this one. I'm not sure it is it is the right one, but it, it, it was it the um, uh, the the, uh, uh, the jet fighter that got sprayed with foam.
2: No, uh, no, it was I, one was of the nominees, favorite. though.
1: I thought it was the Utrecht sex crush party
2: that one was uh the up of the year of 2018 oh, that was
1: 2018 uh, yeah,
2: hmm. yeah. What was 2019 that? was uh mein tweet
1: klopt. oh mine tweet oh klopt. of course that Me was a
2: good klopt. one and, uh, yeah, yeah which
1: is, has really sort of solidified its place in the history at least on dutch twitter because i use that meme and see that meme used yeah. fairly frequently yeah that's become I think a
0: meme yeah yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that that was kind of meme of the year as well. Was it this year? I think meme of the year has to be the uh, "Thank you for voting Hugo de Jonge." Oh yeah, meme. for sure. Yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Whenever, whenever anything democratic happens or, yeah. um, uh, or not so dom- democratic, just like the uh FAT leadership referendum, uh, then uh, everybody starts making these jokes about uh, "Thank you for your vote for Hugo de Jonge." Yeah. Well, maybe um, for
1: anybody that's new this year, what was the mind tweet clopped Uh, uh, all yeah. have?
2: I was uh, I was going to say that um, uh, this PVV senator uh, she tweeted about this group of people that were assaulted or uh, or robbed in Groningen I believe on a mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah somewhere and she's claimed that uh, the the um, the people who did this to them were a group of immigrants and that the media was uh, deliberately trying trying to downplay the fact that uh, these people were assaulted by immigrants even though. The actual victims uh, Eyewitnesses And the police Had confirmed That this was not the case That these yeah. group of people Were just Dutchmen So she was asked To to correct her tweet And to say To apologize for it But she refused And then this This uh, camera uh, Followed her around This journalist With her camera Followed her around Through the senate building uh, You know Asking her to 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 apologize And then all of a sudden She turned around And she yelled at the camera That her tweet Was in fact correct yeah. uh, Uh, mind tweet clopped so yeah Yeah. that that screenshot of her angry face and this this uh (laughs) subtitle that, that immediately became a became a meme yeah um, so yeah, we we also had some uh, predictions about uh, the upheav of twenty twenty uh, at the first episode of twenty twenty. Do you uh, do you th- what do you think? Uh, did you say were uh, going to be the the greatest uh, upheav generators in twenty twenty? Well, surely Baudet. I mean, Baudet. we, we, yeah. we must yeah. gone with yeah. him. Yeah, that was your both your first answer. <laughs> Molly also said uh, Klaas Dijkhoff. I think he uh-huh. didn't really. No, he no, wasn't there was a little faded, tiny,
1: tiny bit of a bit of a About bit of situation During bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little
2: yeah. yeah i said eurovision song festival would also generate all but yeah it was yeah. canceled after corona so no not that much yeah. um the Binnenhof uh for saga said yeah. Molly, yes. uh also a little bit and what uh, gordon really did a great uh great uh, uh prediction he he said the leadership elections for the for the for the various uh political parties in the netherlands uh, would generate wow. a lot of up and he, he had a real right crystal here. ball
1: there gordon <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Molly also said uh, the protest well Molly said the farmers protest about the stick stuff but Gordon said no protest in general mm. because at that time they were sort of switching from protesting against the stick stuff, the nitrogen yeah. uh, 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 emission uh, regulations to basically protesting anything yeah. and Molly said Pete Hoekstra as well which I don't think he behaved himself relatively well in 2020, did Yeah, he, 20, fight, yeah, didn't he? he yeah. went on the right-wing yeah.
1: talk show thing, and then there was that, like, issue with the fundraising. There was a couple of his.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, and the bitter baller with uh, the, Robert Jensen. The bitter baller, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, he had the fundraiser for uh, for FA Day in the embassy. That was yeah. Uh, yeah. quite. Yeah, oppressive. yeah, yeah,
2: that's and right. That's yeah,
0: that's
1: yeah, true. Yeah, so we were right about protests, yeah. just not the protest that. Yeah, we, we just didn't know predicted. what was me
0: protesting. Yeah, so yeah but we didn't see yeah. Willem Engel on the horizon.
2: No, which, no, uh, nobody uh, no one could have predicted that. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 nobody could have predicted that. um All right, and then I think it's also fun to look at the, the statistics of uh, of how the podcast did in uh, twenty twenty.
1: is Uh, is your y-axis properly uh gradiated there paul yes yes
2: Yes, it's all it's awkward did you calculate
1: uh, all of the all paths till the end of the year or did you stop at the 5th of december and then ignore them after that. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, sort of, yeah, actually. Yeah, I did. I literally did. Are you the um, Cherry
1: Baudet of this podcast? Is that what I'm
2: hearing I, here? I am, but my what? y-axis are always correct. Uh, yeah, um, uh, We have to explain this. Uh, Baudet is is making a fuss about the mortality rate in the Netherlands, that it remained at 0.89% uh, in 2020. Yeah. Compared, and that's the same percentage uh, uh, in a previous years but mm. Baudrillard failed to to explain that he didn't use all the data there is in 2020 because you know it's not you're not ready available but he stopped counting the deaths after december 5th so yeah, yeah then of course the percentage uh, he basically selected this this uh, the date where he stopped counting them to 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 make sure this percentage was was equal to the other percentages so yeah it's uh, a- again another another example of Bauder trying to manipulate yeah. into um, yeah but there's
0: but yeah. that guy who drops out of a marathon after 24 miles and stuff wants his medal yeah
2: yeah Yeah, indeed Uh, in 2020 we had 122,000 listeners in total wow Mm. that's That's, crazy uh, pretty good
0: thank you to all of you for uh, enduring us
2: yeah, yeah for enduring <laughs> us indeed. The most popular episode was the Netherlands as a Filled state edition. <laughs> was <laughs> was week that the 44. one before
0: the summer break? Because it usually no, is. no, no. Oh, okay. It usually is,
2: but no, yeah. this time not. Uh, it was week forty-four, so that's uh, only a couple of weeks uh, just uh, after. after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the nightmares at the Binnenhof edition was number two, and the viral racism edition number three. That was in week six. Uh, then it's always fun to look at the countries where uh, people listen to us. Uh, naturally, the number one is uh, the Netherlands. Mm. Uh, number two is the United States. Uh, and three is f- quite surprising, I think. It's from Canada. Wow. wow. I yeah. thought you were going to say Belgium. No, Belgium yeah. is uh, is number nine. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, United Kingdom is number four. And then five is Australia. Germany comes six. Ireland. Ireland uh and south africa is at number 10 so yeah it's uh oh. it's a big shift from last year because australia new zealand south africa they were all very uh yeah down the list so uh, yeah they, we, we started to become more popular in these uh, these countries do we apparently. think that this
1: is because people who are from those countries went back and were just in their own countries during corona
2: what i think is that a lot of uh, people in the 50s and the 60s emigrated from the netherlands to australia uh, yeah. new zealand and mm. canada so uh, i think a lot of people who have dutch heritage are oh, yeah. listening to us yeah. i believe we had some uh, some patrons from canada i believe we uh, have as well who- quite a few from yeah. that's true yeah, yeah who, all, who, who most of them read that they have Dutch heritage uh, in, yeah. in, in some way. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's it. Um, this top top list, uh, the top uh, countries list goes to uh, the number 50. After that, uh, they stop counting it. What do you think is the n- number 50 country on this list? Uh, uh, Vietnam. Uh, no, that's 42. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. <Okay>. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: 50. Uh, Luxembourg.
2: No. Is Luxembourg here? Luxembourg is 26. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, if number 50 is Cuba.
1: Wow. Wait, oh, wow. Which surprises they can have me really much. podcasts in Cuba? Seems <laughs> <crazy> <laughs> Apparently they me. do. <laughs> I there's yeah, something yeah. wrong with the counting.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. 46 people listen to us in Cuba or 46 times. I, I assume well, it's only one person.
1: Do you think the, it, the communist regime is listening to us to try to determine if we're a threat?
0: And maybe it's the president listening to me. Mean, 46 is... Yeah, almost exactly the number of podcasts we put out. Yeah, so that that's sounds true. Like, uh, yeah, the president of Cuba listening to us every week.
2: Maybe. Yeah, wow. that's I uh, that's uh, that that could be uh, could be the case.
0: I mean,
1: I find it interesting that someone named Andy Reptin Reptin is our top listener. So thanks, Andy. Shout out. Shout thanks, out to Andy. Andy.
2: Shout out to shout yeah, out to Andy. Yeah, big shout out to you for. Yeah, although that's only
1: the SoundCloud statistics, right? It's not all the other
2: places that we play, but we'll
0: we'll
2: take it. And then we also have a list with the top cities where people are listening uh, to us from. Um,
0: This seems
1: extremely predictable. Amsterdam, The Hague, and Rotterdam, right?
2: Yeah, and then number number, uh, eight is also Den Haag. But I think, uh, yeah, if you listen on a on a Dutch website, then it lists yeah. as Den Haag, and if you listen on a English language uh, website, it lists as The Hague. But yeah, the 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 number three, the, the number one, two, three is not that uh, not that surprising. But number four is Ottawa yeah. in Canada. Man, the Canadians yeah, which,
1: are really into us. Amazing. What is up with yeah, that? Canadians
2: yeah. really, yeah, really stepped up this year. Impressive.
1: Also, yeah. what is this town Barhaven, which is also Canadian, but I've never heard of it.
2: Me neither. It's number yeah. eleven. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, and then the most important question is, of course, where is Minneapolis? Because that's our second uh, yeah. second base, basically. Indeed. Uh, it's not even on the of...
1: list, is it? Yeah, it, no, is, it is on the list. Number yeah. 22,
2: Number Minneapolis.
1: 22. Yeah, but come on. All right, Minneapolis has to step it up because they are losing to uh, so many other American cities, including San Francisco, Leesburg, Virginia, for God's sake, Brooklyn, <laughs> Mountain View. Uh, yeah, so you guys gotta, you guys got to do more. Yeah. Chicago is yeah. really nipping at your heels, Minneapolis. Yeah.
2: Who do you know in Leesburg?
1: I have no idea.
2: <laughs> I don't know anyone from Leesburg. It's where the it's
1: University f- of Virginia is, or Virginia Tech. One of some, There's a big university there.
2: Ah, so maybe that there's a,
1: that's a connection? I don't know.
2: Hmm. I love the fact that as many people in Los Angeles listen to us as in Hilversum. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, and someone from Portage la Prairie in Canada—that's yeah. not or that, that doesn't mean orgy in French. Yeah, that's uh, disappointing. Morning. No, <laughs> some—I
1: mean Zootemir... For all of the shit that we give that city is in the top 30 of cities, or it's number 32. <laughs> I mean, do th- they just like being insulted in Zutomir?
2: They must I do, think yeah. so, yeah. But also, the Day is located in Zutomir, so yeah, maybe it's. That. it's uh, oh, right.
0: That okay, would, make, that would sense. make sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then Glasgow in at 38th. I'm very pleased to see that. Yeah. As well. Yeah. yeah. So shout out for Glasgow. I think that's. Is that the first UK city? It is. No. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. After London. No, London. Oh. London's yeah, first, yeah. obviously.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah uh and then it's what sick. else we have uh barry canada of barry i'm not sure I if it's know. the french part barry, barry. Yeah. Nepean and yeah and also shout out to uh, someone in uh, san mateo california because yeah. that's yeah. the number 50th on the list yeah there, it's yeah. Uh, always fun to see uh where, where everybody's listening uh, to us from yeah. so um yeah, yeah. 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 special HostGolf shout out to uh, to minneapolis and canada
0: yeah yeah, in general yeah well I just the Canadians really
2: impressed with the, with your
1: uh... yeah the Canadians really came to the ta- came to the table to share so all
2: right so um, shall we go on to uh, to the uh, the reason why we're here the half uh, yes. of the year 2020 yes. um, it's all in chronological order so um, there's no particular order uh, uh, involved in uh, in the OPEFs I'm going to discuss now. And we start in week two. That was the first OPEF we had this year. And was a great start. Yeah, we go uh, after
0: a flyer, really.
2: Yeah, and I think yeah. it's probably Molly's favorite. Uh, yeah, it was for a sure. Part-
0: I mean, I
1: was thinking about this on my run this morning. And I was like, you know, I really feel like we have to pick OPEF that are... Because 2020 was such an absolute trash year, that we have to pick OPEF that have, like, no real-world consequences in any sort of meaningful way because we should all just be Taking joy in things, and this is an all path that has absolutely no serious real-world consequences, no, and is hilariously is entertaining.
0: Yeah. The only serious real-world consequences it could have would be if you booked a plane uh, with that seat number. Then yeah, I was going to say, yeah,
2: it ha- yeah. It but has... can you
1: imagine how viral you would have gone on the internet by live-tweeting <laughs> this whole nut thing? Like, it's so yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, let's, uh, let's, uh, move on and uh, yeah,
1: let's uh, actually tell discuss what,
2: what we're talking about. It was a fight, uh, between singer, actress and Dutch celebrity Katja Schuurman and several tabloids. Uh, in the weeks before the tabloid Story had written about rumors involving Schumann's misbehaving on a KLM flight from Cape Town to Amsterdam she and an undisclosed businessman were very loud during the entire flight the magazine wrote much to the annoyance of other passengers and the crew who repeatedly asked her to quiet down Schumann denied the allegations in an Instagram post calling the magazine trash Story in turn responded to her post with a minute-to-minute account of the flight they had an actual uh a timeline. So it was, it was, uh, it was glorious. And they cited numerous passengers and crew members as their sources. Schumann apparently demanded a seat in business class when she boarded the plane, and during the night she even had sex with the businessman in their seat. According to the sources, this was seat number six K. So, um, yeah, be uh, be that, that, aware um, when you book yeah. a flight of Concorde to avoid this uh, this seat number. Um, the magazine also wrote that crew had to confiscate a bottle of wine and that they were very close to giving her a notice of violation. And it basically means that she is um, arrested in midair, I believe, right? Yeah, or something and banned like that. For
1: flying, I think. Wait, did uh, she did she sneak a bottle of wine onto the plane? Yeah, I mean. This store I did not well, I was not aware of this detail or I have forgotten it and this just it just keeps getting better and better. I need <laughs> I need her to tell me how you sneak a bottle of wine onto a plane. Please Absolutely. D- yeah, please that's important me,
2: knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um KLM did punish Katja Schuurman by banning her from checking in online in the future. Uh, and this was confirmed by her management uh which denied the whole story, but was unable to explain why else she was giving this ban so yeah it was uh, it was a great start a very delightful, was a tremendous uh, empath, yeah yeah, yeah. A good it empath, was a great start indeed.
1: to the year, and then everything right. immediately went downhill because corona happened indeed. like a week later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was remembering that, uh, 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 the thing in January on Twitter, everyone's complaining that January was lasting too long and they couldn't wait for February to start. Yeah. And then Feb- when February happened, we were all immediately nostalgic for January. Uh, yeah. I mean,
1: it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs>
2: yeah indeed, indeed. Then uh, week six We uh, go to Cherry uh, Baudet Our oh, favorite yes. Ophef generator um, An Ophef of the Year Award list Would not be complete Without the Prince Of Ophef indeed no. form for Democracy Leader Thierry Baudet Tweeted in week six At 10.30pm That two of his Quote Dear female friends uh, Who were traveling On a train Had been harassed By four Moroccan NS employees No he didn't say NS no. employees no, At he first no, right he just a gang four of Moroccans. four Moroccans
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: That's what he said He wrote his friend were aggressively and provocatively approached by the four men Uh, he included a photo of them in the tweet and and he added that filing an official complaint against Moroccans uh, was useless and that it was time for the childlessly naive Dutch people as he said it, to finally vote for uh, a party that will do something against them. Ergo, effede. A number of people who were also on board of the train said on social media, however, that the story wasn't entirely true. They said the two young women initially refused to show their tickets to the men who, as the NS confirmed, were indeed NS employees. Um, I believe three of them were wearing civilian clothes, though. So it was one NS employee in his uniform yeah. and three three civilian um, uh, 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 NS employees as well I mean the thing that
1: I found even at the time about this which is is, like I get the the instinct to not engage with say somebody who is demanding that you give them information when it's not clear that they're from some sort of authority right that like there was just like two plainclothes police officers like walking in my neighborhood and they walked up to me and were like we want to see your ID I mean I'm sure my first reaction would be like who the fuck are you and fuck off But the only thing they were asking for on the train was to see the ticket. So, like, what is the scam that they're running here exactly? I mean, I just don't understand what the thought process is.
2: And also they announced uh, on the train uh, while they were boarding that there were um, uh, NS employees in civilian clothing on board. And... um, yeah, I mean it happens all the time in the tram as well, right? Yeah. In in The Hague, then when someone uh, pops up and asks you to show your ticket, and he al- always has this this H T M card on his uh, on his chest or anything, so he is, you can see that he is uh, uh, he has some sort of identification yeah. on him usually. You know, they always um, have one of
1: these little like Scanny devices. Like, what is this yeah. crazy insane scam that is being run where like three guys with faked N S I D cards get on the train and just check your ticket like I'm extremely confused why they would be so resistant to this
2: yeah but there the refusal of Baudet's friends uh, to cooperate led to a discussion until they finally showed their tickets it was also later pointed out that three of the men were in fact Dutch and not Moroccan and as soon as Baudet's story turned out to be untrue Opav broke loose many Mm -hmm. called him a racist and others defended Baudet by saying that this story could have been true that's that's always a very interesting um, defense uh, I think uh, just like, uh, just like uh, uh, my tweet, Klopp. That was also the yeah. uh, oh, defense back well, you
0: then. Know, D- D- Donald Trump could have won the election. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah indeed <laughs> yeah. Um, Baudet remained silent uh, for a couple of days afterwards but later acknowledged on Facebook the story was indeed inaccurate but he refused to apologize nonetheless uh, several official complaints against Baudet were filed for racism but the OM decided uh, last November uh, in this year not to uh, to prosecute him so yeah it was a, cl- a classical uh, Baudet op ed I think yeah. he, uh, he, yeah. he tweeted about something late in the evening uh, that was completely Untrue, and then refused to acknowledge that it was untrue, and uh, uh, at the point when when he he couldn't really, he couldn't hold on. Uh, claiming it was true He refused to apologise Even though you know That's Yeah a he, he tried thing. to sort of
0: change his story Or pretend he'd said Something slightly different To what he actually said yeah. Even though He didn't take the tweet down So he could still go back And read it And see what he'd actually said
2: yeah. It's still there indeed yeah. It's still there Yeah And there's also
0: one Of those classic op situations Where, he has, where there's op About the op And they end yeah. up, you know, People then Start filing complaints Against him For for, for racism Which generates more op Yeah. Yeah So
1: yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I vote against this one as because it it has at actual serious implications. I think, like, you know, he's being racist and he's riling up racists in this country to be more racist. So yeah. I, I don't think we can choose it as one of the top three.
2: Um, luckily, Gordon and I also has uh, ha- have a saying in this. So I mean, this uh, is true. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to choose it, but we can still do it. Yeah. Moving on to the third OPF of 2020, that was in week 11. Uh is not the only thing in the that the 2020 op of the year list could not be uh, complete without. The other thing is, of course, that non-existing and statistically insignificant virus. Yeah, um, it's
0: just gone, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, completely it gone. Yeah. yeah,
2: no uh, no, n- no reason to worry about it anymore. No. Um, the first person with coronavirus in the Netherlands was diagnosed on February 28th. Two weeks later, in week 11, Prime Minister Mark Rutte and RIVMW director Jaap van Dissel announced the uh, uh, first restrictions to tackle the virus in a press conference, and one of the measures was the ban on shaking other people's hands. Uh, <laughs> we were very naive back then, uh, I <laughs> remember. Do
0: you, yeah, do you remember what a, in, what a huge furore there was as well about just banning handshaking, like yeah. we thought that was the worst thing in the world, like yeah. that was going to be a cultural meltdown?
2: Yeah, And now you look yeah. back
0: and you think, how on earth did we think that that was going to stop the virus?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, I, I listened remember to, uh, right after
1: this <laughs> happened, going to a hearing somewhere and there was all these people who were being like, you know, some people were doing the thing where they were like, oh, no, I'm not shaking hands. And people were being like really pissy about it and just like, oh, yeah. this is so ridiculous. What are you talking about? Whatever, blah, blah, mm. blah. I mean, like, you know, I wonder <laughs> how they're doing now.
2: yeah. Um, however, at the end of the press conference, Rutte turned to Van Dissel to thank him and to shake his hand, breaking the rules he just announced minutes ago in front of millions of people who were watching the press conference at home. Many people ridiculed Rutte for this, but also experts have said that uh, his mistake helped people to quickly memorize the new rules because, you know, um, when, when the, in, in the week afterwards, when you wanted to shake someone's hands, you immediately thought, oh no, Mark Rutte, and yeah. then, uh, uh, yeah, stop shaking people's hands. But uh, it was very interesting to see this timeline because February 28th, we had the first confirmed case in the Netherlands. And then March 9th, there was this handshake press conference. Uh, The podcast episode was March 13. And two days afterwards, on March 15, we already had more than a thousand So And the horeca was closed. And on yeah. March 16 was the first uh, speech from Mark Rutte from the tourngear. So yeah, yeah right. it, it, there was it was just this this huge roller coaster in March. Uh, yeah, no, I remember what uh, saying
0: uh, in the week before um, that press conference. that uh, I think maybe four or five days before that, he was saying, "No, of course we're not going to ban shaking hands. That's what we do in this country. It's a free country. Yeah. We're not going to do anything like that." And of course, you know, the, the idea that we resisted last banning handshaking yeah. back then seems just as surreal now. Yeah, yeah, given what yeah. we've done in the meantime.
2: And then in uh, March 23rd, we had the first lockdown, Yeah, which I thought, m- in my memory, um, Margaret announced the lockdown in his speech in the Torrentje, but that wasn't... Uh, no, that's not the case. Then um, uh, moving on to uh, week 18 um, International uphef broke loose when Prime Minister Mark Rutte once again enraged Italy and Spain Uh, He was visiting a recycling plant in The Hague to see how uh, they were dealing with the one and a half meter society over there and one of the drivers stepped out of his truck to wave at Rutte and to tell him that he shouldn't give any more money to Italy and Spain At the time the Netherlands was leading the opposition against an EU recovery fund for countries that were economically hit by the coronavirus uh, this is commonly referred to as the corona bonds and with a big smile on his face he reassured the man that he wouldn't do that, he gave the man a thumbs up and walked away smiling and laughing the encounter was filmed by an NOS camera crew and the clip was soon shared by Italians and Spaniards on Twitter who were furious about it and, and it was also shown later on uh, in the Italian and Spanish media and that caused enormous op in these countries and as a result op in the Netherlands Hmm. Margotta's Instagram page was uh, hijacked by angry Italians and Spaniards that simply just commented the poop emoji <laughs> under all of his posts <laughs> uh, out of protest against Margotta's refusal yeah. to install the corona bonds.
0: Yeah, there's a nice kind of circularity about that, given that Wouter's famous quote from the start of the pandemic <laughs> was that we can poo for 10 years.
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, this is a good... Uh, yeah, I haven't thought about that. That's, it. Yeah. that's, uh, that's true. After, after after everybody started to hoard um, yeah. uh, uh, all this toilet paper, then uh, yeah. he, he said this, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But how did he think this was not... Good? Did he think that the Italians and the Spaniards had to send back their televisions because they were so poor, you know, they wouldn't wouldn't pick this up? You know, it was just... Just amazing that, uh, you know, that, that, that,
2: that they uh, that they, uh, saw this clip. Uh, no, the, the,
0: the, yeah, no, well, well the, he didn't think through the fact that you know, that this might not go so that this would get to Italy and Spain and wouldn't go down very well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think Margaret kind of, doesn't have.
1: It kind of came the, all at the same time as a number of other things. Right. Because this is all about the same time as the Hoekstra comment about like, oh, the EU should do an investigation as to why their healthcare systems can't handled the coronavirus which then of course you know was made like yeah. the Netherlands look real dumb when it had to start sending corona patients to Germany because its healthcare yeah. system also couldn't <laughs> handle the coronavirus mm-hmm. like there was just sort of yeah. a bunch of this kind of drama going on at this time I feel like
2: yeah that's true yeah it's yeah. all uh sort of uh, and and uh, the italians and the Spaniards were very mad at Rutte. they they really yeah. portrayed him as a sort of uh the man who is uh, ruining everything for for at least countries and yeah. seeing this clip he just behaved the way he does in the netherlands right he just is always yeah, smiling no, and waving it, and yeah. very yeah. very cheerful um and uh, yeah, it really um, it really struck a nerve in these countries.
0: Yeah, I wonder where Vodka went for his uh, summer holiday this year. Presumably <laughs> not Tuscany. I right, would we'll
2: assume not. <laughs> <laughs> no, or the Costa Brava. I think yeah. he avoided these places. Indeed, the, <laughs> in France. Could he go, could he have gone to France? I think so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe just about. Yeah, I think Hoekstra is a yeah. is a more more of a mountain guy. I think I think he will probably, he goes probably to go to Scandinavia, Austria, well. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he upset,
0: he upset the French, of course, by buying up to KLM without telling them as well. Oh, so that's right. That was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he
2: did that too. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Moving on to week 19, um, the Pin Town interview. Uh, this one, I think this one was the best uphef in, in 2020. I'm not going to lie. No, uh,
0: I, I, I totally agree with you. I was going to pick this one as well.
2: Ah, okay. Well, <laughs> then you can pick this one and I will pick something okay. else. Um Yeah, in week 19 we saw a true Ophef saga, it was really the culmination of two decades of Ophef, combined into one ridiculous video on YouTube by aspiring broadcaster Ongehoord Nederland. In the video, former VVD MP Eibeltje Bergmoes interviewed uh, politician Pim Fortuyn, who was murdered two decades ago. She conducted the interview with the help of notorious TV psychic Robert van den Broeke, who claimed to channel Fortuyn's answers from the afterlife. Lots of stuff to unpack here, <laughs> so we will just walk you through every aspect of these, of every sub of this enormously complicated uh, op Um Yeah, first uh, start with Pim Fortan. He was a politician who yeah, I think he can be regarded as the founder of right-wing populism in the Netherlands, I think. Um, he was murdered, however, in 2002, only days before the general elections. But his yeah, philosophy has lived on in the Netherlands by many, many, many populist um, uh, politicians, including Rita Verdonk and, of course, uh, Geert Wilders, and most recently by uh, Thierry Baudet.
0: Yeah. Every now and then I still wake up in a sweat remembering that Rita Verdonk uh, came very close to becoming leader of the PVV. Day. Just yeah. won the next election so. yeah. oh Isn't it crazy <laughs> yeah.
2: She, uh, she, w- When she was in a leadership contest uh, With Mark Rutte uh, Rutte won the leadership narrowly With yeah. I mean with, with uh, Hugo de Jonge margins right? Yeah. It was yeah. so close yeah. And then uh, the, the elections were a couple of months later And Rita Verdong Who was number two on the list Got more votes than uh, Mark Rutte uh, wow. Who was number one yeah. So crazy. yeah it was, was very painful
1: What is she doing now Does anybody know
2: I think she has a consultancy firm okay. somewhere. Fair enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next, we uh, move on to Eibeltje Bergmoes, uh, who uh, conducted the interview. Her name might ring a bell because in t- 2017 she was given the title The Least Visible MP Ever to Sit in Parliament. In her six years in the Tweede Kamer, she almost never participated in debates or asked ministers questions. She wrote a book after uh, her term in Parliament in which she wrote that she would usually just sit in her office the entire day watching Netflix, waiting until it was time for her to come out to vote. Uh, therefore, she she is now known as the netflix mp and uh yeah that was uh yeah she was paid handsomely basically to to watch movies and uh, stream series on the internet so yeah, yeah. It yeah sounds like a dream li- job to me yeah she literally did just netflix and chill with that yeah. So, yeah. Not even <laughs> and magically. sometimes vote yeah that's yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what she did moving on to tv psychic robert van den broeken he was immortalized into the dutch collective memory in 2004 I'm, i mean I, I wasn't joking when i said this was accumulation of two decades of Ophef, right? Yeah. He, was, uh, he gave a reading on live television where he asked a woman if one of her relatives used to work as a genverbrander, and this is an important word. Not knowing what it was, she replied no, and nobody would have paid attention to this if people hadn't googled the word genverbrander. <laughs> this search led to only one hit on the internet, a g- genealogical website where all the information van the Broeke claimed to have received from spirits could have, fa- could have been found, revealing him to be an absolute fraud. Uh, the word genverbrander turned out to be a typo. It should have been jeneverbrander, which means, yeah, you know, someone who produces gin. Um, <laughs> the the ophef became so large back then that the word genverbrander even became the word of the year in 2004. Um <laughs> And he also caused op on another occasion uh, more recently, in uh, this year he posted on Facebook uh, a photo that went viral, on his forehead burn marks reading G5 could be seen, and he claimed that those appeared out of nowhere and were a message from aliens warning him against the dangers of 5G no, That's Just a question,
0: how did he receive these messages from aliens warning him about uh, communication, electronic communication uh, methods? I
2: think via 5G <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I have no other explanation <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he uh, he lives nearby where I come from. He lives in Hoover. I live in Rosendaal. I come okay. from Rosendaal, and um, he also um, uh, discovered uh, grain circles in in Brabant. Oh, ah. uh, but my oh, yeah. my. Th- my theory is that he uh, he just made them himself and then went back the next day and said, oh, look, a grain circle. That's yeah. my theory. But Has he
0: also found any uh, silver monoliths lately? Um,
2: <laughs> maybe on his head, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe he bumped into <laughs> one. Uh, that's why uh, he had these marks on his forehead. I don't know. Um I hope you're still there because lastly we have to discuss <laughs> the broadcaster Onhoord Nederlands itself. The Dutch public broadcasting system is way too complicated to explain here but it basically means that anyone who can get enough signatures can start a publicly funded broadcaster and Onhoord Nederland uh, was founded in 2019 and their goal is to start a right-wing public broadcaster to counterbalance the many left-wing broadcasters currently on the Dutch public TV yeah. well, and they, radio. They claim,
0: they claim there are too many left-wing broadcasters, aren't they? That's
2: yeah, that's what they, they claim indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, They also claim to be politically neutral Independent and unbiased And that's uh, why they were endorsed By Geert Wilders and Thierry Baudet Mm. Uh, They were also even allowed to campaign On several of the FVD's Party congresses so yeah totally politically neutral indeed yeah. um, while ON is trying to officially become an omroep, they produce these videos and publish them on YouTube uh, in which they increasingly started to spread conspiracy theories about Bill Gates 5G and more recently the coronavirus and they also um, uh, sort of uh, came with this um, uh, alternative for the Sinterklaas Journal, the zwarte pietes Journal oh, they yes, yes. we kept on sending on, clips um, of that
0: and, uh, I, I, yeah, I kept telling you to stop and you wouldn't but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I've yeah. seen it now yeah, I yeah, feel like we, we can
1: we'll file an HIFTA for, for that. I mean, that's definitely <laughs> got to be some yeah. kind of assault in this country.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. it falls under the Geneva Conventions, yeah, to Yeah, for sure.
1: This.
2: Yeah.
0: I think by 2024, everyone in the Netherlands will either have started their own political party or started their own broadcaster. Because yeah. it's like, there are so many <laughs> of them. It's
1: going to so. be required by yeah. law, I think, you know, by 2030 yeah. or something. that You got to do one or the other. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then we have more bi- more bicycles in the country than people and also more political parties in the <laughs> Netherlands than people, yeah. So lots of layers of ophef in the story. Uh, to summarize, it is the Netflix MP interviewing the original Geert Wilders with the use of the Genverbrander sidekick on the conspiracy theory public broadcaster.
0: It's brilliant. It's just a perfect, uh, yeah, it, it, it's an enormous, like, uh, amie- almost uh, meable uphef. It just keeps... Uh, yeah, it, it, it kept growing, growing, and growing and growing and yeah,
2: growing, in yeah. all these layers of. Uh, and exactly. I, I, when it, I first, it is,
0: it, yeah, it is kind of 2020's equivalent. Of the, the, that's why I loved the one about the, the the jet fighter being sprayed with foam last year because it's a, it, it was a culmination of like a successive string of uh, escalating op and, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, 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 and, yeah, and it was topped for something completely ridiculous, as it was here. Yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah, the Joint Strike Fighter
2: was, was much like the Binnenhof saga that we have now, was also <laughs> 15 years of, of, of uh, uninterrupted op about budget overruns and about yeah. uh, design failures and uh, politicians getting angry about it. And yeah, I think the Binnenhof verbowing is, uh, is, the, is, the, is the ASF uh, replacement, uh, now I yeah. come to think of it, yeah.
1: I mean, I think the Binnenhof verbowing would have been generated much more op had Corona not happened. Basically. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Although Corona
0: I, kind of added an element to that because they didn't have to make the binhof for borrowing all Corona safe, and they right. struggled with that as well. On top of yeah. everything else, that added another dimension of opf to an already opf-ridden saga. <laughs> Just <an> opf drenched, <laughs> Op-Hef smothered. So yeah, that was a very good opf for April So I think that has to be my favorite of the year. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. I think yeah. that's a that's a that's a good choice. I think also.
2: Um, moving on to the next op in week 22, former VVD MP Wibren van Haga announced he would join Thierry Boudet's Forum for Democratie Party. Despite Boudet's earlier statements, van Haga was under no circumstances welcome in his party. Yes. To start with, who is Wiebren van Haga? Well, he was kicked out of the VVD party in 2019 after he, were, he was arrested while driving drunk. Uh, this was the final straw because van Haga was uh, yeah, involved on earlier occasions in a number of scandals with his real estate company, which was the real estate company called Molly?
1: Uh, four Seasons Real Estate Company.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> it's in the script, so uh, that might be helpful. It's
1: uh, sh- what is it? Shop- Shopper to pop, Sco- Scoopy to Boop something like this.
2: Shopper to pop, sh- yeah. Shopper to pop, Scoopy, scooby, yeah.
1: Scooby
2: Dooby Poopy Scooby.
1: Yeah. Scooby doody Poopy scoopy something like yeah.
2: <laughs> this. <laughs> I'm sure that's his uh, his trust fund is called like that. Yeah. 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 yeah his real estate company was Shopper the Pop TV, <laughs> which yeah. is a ridiculous name. Yeah,
0: and then yeah, there's also yeah, he was a ridiculous. Landlord, or yeah, he, he, he got into trouble for bullying his
1: tenants, wasn't he? And Do you think to, he's a better or a worse landlord victim. than Prince Bernard?
2: Uh, I think Prince Bernard is not, 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 uh, a, he doesn't threaten his, his tenants or anything, no, he's not a bad he's landlord just,
0: he just owns far too much property. I mean. Okay, yeah, that's it, the, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, um. And he has t- uh, two ridiculous glasses. Uh, he really has to uh, to to quit this uh, this shenanigans yeah. with his uh, with this ridiculous glasses. Yeah, um, it's
0: Prince Bernhard, not even even Van Hagen Yes.
2: Yeah, to explain the Tweede Kamer very briefly, MPs belong to political parties, but constitutionally their seats belong to them personally. So when someone is kicked out of a party or a faction, the MP can decide to leave Parliament and then the seat goes to whoever is next on the candidate list and remains with the party, but the MP can also decide to remain in the Tweede Kamer and go on as an independent MP. Uh, this is uh, this so-called seat stealing is frowned upon by political parties because usually one of these back backbench MPs mps got his seat because of the political party uh yeah because he was a member of this political party and not because he or she is uh yeah very loved by voters or voted for him personally so yeah the political parties call it seed snatching but i uh uh yeah it's just uh how the constitu- constitution works right yeah. so then then uh, attract people who are more loyal to your party i yeah. would say In the case of Van Haga, this was significant because if he would steal his seat, the coalition would lose its one seat majority in the Tweede Kamer. Luckily for them, Van Haga was known to be a strong opposer of seat snatching, but surprisingly changed his mind when he was himself put into this position and he decided Shocker, and he decided yeah. to keep his seat after all.
0: Yeah, in fact, had there not been a motion tabled quite shortly before that, uh, s- trying to end the practice of seat snatching by uh, b- 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 by making MPs who left uh, give up their seats,
2: I think so. Indeed, and had yeah. that not been
0: tabled by
2: Vibran uh, van Hage, in fact, was it? Oh, <laughs> I I missed that detail, uh, but but it doesn't. It, it it wouldn't surprise me to be honest. He certainly wrote a column in a newspaper saying that
0: seat snatching was a terrible practice. Yeah, and, and there were all the sorts of old, and, uh, old
2: tweets, uh, yeah. uh, of him complaining about, uh, all these seed-snatching, uh, MPs. So yeah, it's, it, it was clear that what his position was before yeah. he was in the, in the, put in the, in put into this position, um, and also asked if Van Haga would be welcome to uh, his party, Thierry Baudet responded that this was absolutely not the case, and that seed stealers will never be welcome in Forum for Democratie. Okay. Fast forward a couple of months, and indeed, anti-seat-stealing seed stealer Van Haga was welcomed in the formerly anti-seat-stealing, now pro-seat-stealing <laughs> party Forum for Democratie. <laughs> In the meantime, <laughs> FVD has become the victim of a tsunami of seat snatchers themselves. Following the FVD soap we saw in November, uh, f- literally 56 of the FVD um, uh, representatives split off from the party in uh, yeah. yeah throughout the country.
0: Yeah, because this started even before then, didn't it? Because Henk Otten uh, snatched his seat in the Senate from Form for Worthy- yeah. after he fell out with Buddy yeah um, and started his own party, which meant the form for Diggum and Kosev, which was very briefly the largest party in the Senate, no longer was, because uh, Otten took three seats away. From the yeah,
2: and yeah, so uh, the tsunami of uh, of of, uh, of of seat stealing, yeah. and
0: uh, in, in, including my favorite, which of course Schrödinger's seat stealer, wasn't it?
2: The, yeah, yeah. Yes. Which I never <laughs> mentioned last
0: week, but I think it deserves another mention.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> this senator Van Weeli, who is also a chess grandmaster, in the, uh, <laughs> I did know this, but apparently, he is he uh, he is a Day senator, and he is also has a seat in the provincial uh, representation in nord Brabant, and he decided to quit the party, quit the faction in the Senate, but remain yes. as an FVD yes. uh, yeah. representative in uh, in North Brabant uh, yeah. simultaneously. So he is both <laughs> not an FVD representative <laughs> and one as well. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, you yeah. can't make this up.
0: Yeah. Someone needs to come and break up this party cartel, basically. Yes, yeah.
2: seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, Baudet was doing his best to break <laughs> his own party cartel. <laughs> Okay, um, moving on to the next for week 27. King Willem-Alexander visited the uh, village of Borger in Drenthe uh, in that week. Not many people Knew this visit happened and the visit passed almost uh, completely unnoticed if it wasn't for one window cleaner. Hermann Dinius was on his way to his next customer carrying his enormous ladder on his shoulder while sa- cycling. And when he passed the market square of the Drenthe village, uh, he was unaware that the square was the site of a royal visit. Hermann kept cycling, passing the king who was standing only a few meters away. One of the king's bodyguards tried and failed to stop Hermann with his ladder on his bike, which prompted Hermann to to yell at the bodyguard that he was insane. The whole scene was captured on video and this video immediately went viral. Hermann told reporters later that he assumed a small group of people had gathered for a wedding or something else and that he was completely unaware the king was standing there. The video also released some concerns regarding the king's security but most people thought it was yeah very wonderful that this can happen in the Netherlands. And yep. it also led to the best photo of uh, of 2020, I think. It was this photo of this man on his bike with his, uh, his ladder on his shoulder that's passing by and Mm -hmm. between the steps of the ladder uh, the face of the king is is perfectly framed Um, it's so uh, good it's yeah. tremendous. It's yeah. just a perfectly timed photo. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. The best it, is photo. it is Cartier Bresson's decisive moment. You know,
0: yeah. It's just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and
2: you the king's face is, is in focus, and the man on the bike is out of focus. It's, it's the it's best so photo good, ever. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, um, yeah and then the other thing I loved about this story was that absolutely nobody at all was concerned about this guy on a bike with a huge ladder on his shoulder because we see that every day in the Netherlands. Yeah, Whereas in any other country, yeah. they'd have been screaming at him for you know for for, for being suicidal.
1: I mean, in yeah. any other country, it wouldn't have happened because nobody else can carry no. ladders on their bikes besides Dutch people. Like this is just not possible anywhere else. <laughs> when i expressed my amazement or like at least being impressed at the at the ladder carrying thing my uh my partner very uh graciously pointed out that we own a ladder which he got home from the hornbach or the chama the exact same way which i was like yeah that's an excellent point <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think this was one of these moments that you know didn't have anything to do with Corona, and uh, finally we could um, think about something else. And I think it was a very nice distraction about uh, the global pandemic we were we were currently in. Indeed, which uh, brings us rather neatly actually onto the next topic. Indeed, because yeah. what was supposed to be the happiest day in his life turned into a political nightmare. Justice Minister and our favorite Bond film Vert Grapperhaus, married in week 33 in Bloementaal. Paparazzi photos taken at his wedding, however, showed that the minister and other guests uh, were seen hugging, shaking hands, and standing close to each other, breaking social distancing rules. The photos were very awkward for the justice minister, who, you know, personally drafted the social distancing law himself and was also responsible for enforcing them. Earlier, Gapperhaus called people who broke the rules asociaal, which is basically the worst insult anyone can give in the Netherlands to anyone. Um, yeah. or
0: the, or the, or the, yeah, either that or Niet normaal I think Yeah. Said,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or knettergek. That's also yeah. one of the uh, yeah, one on one on the top uh, the top level of insults in the Netherlands, yeah. Uh, Justice Deputy Minister Anke knol Sorry, who? Anki Burgersknoll Anki Burgersknoll, yeah She was also uh, present, she attended the wedding And she told reporters afterwards that guests Maintained their distances throughout the wedding And that they broke the rules only briefly Once or twice, uh, which was Coincidentally captured on camera But she added that she could know this because she was Present, but a series of more photos Showed that she was absolutely lying Because, you know, uh, the paparazzi Made more photos than yeah. one and then, uh, more. Yeah, the more, paparazzi
1: really slow rolled this In a way that was quite smart, because (laughs) Uh, Had had they put all the photos out at once, then you could have just sort of said what you were going to say and then, like, moved on with your life. And instead, they just sort of waited for people at the wedding and Grappa House to say stupid stuff that wasn't true and then just released more photos demonstrating that they were lying.
2: Yeah, yeah, very smart of him, yeah. Yeah. And he also said this, he wasn't even... he was very open about this, right? He said, yeah, if I release everything at once, then I will make less money. So I will exactly just... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. is just... a very Dutch way to put it, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, the OPF, house uh, initially promised to donate 780 euros to the Red Cross, which was twice the fine he should have gotten. Uh, and the ophef eventually became so large that house was fined after all. And this also briefly meant that we had a justice minister with a criminal record. Mm. Um, until the cabinet decided to lower the fine for breaking the rules, and also uh, scrapped the criminal record component of the laws. So yeah, well, yeah. They,
0: they, they brought the fine down to a level where it was below the threshold for yeah. Um, yeah. getting criminal record, right, which is rather convenient.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah, but I think this... Um, uh, I looked up the, uh, the 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 Corona infections numbers that we had in the Netherlands, and uh, after, I'm not going to say that this was the main reason why everybody you know stopped uh, stopped uh, 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 following the rules. Uh, mm-hmm. But three weeks later, the, the the numbers started to skyrocket again. So yeah, I, I do think that he 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 uh, hit a nerve here in the country when when people were understandably tired of you know h- having all these restrictions and yeah. couldn't be able to go to to parties, weddings or funerals or whatever but then all of a sudden see the the, the actual justice minister, someone with so much authority, breaking them as well then yeah. I and
0: think- and not just that but the guy who was wheeled out at a press conference in February to shout at people for breaking the rules and warned yeah. them they were going to get heavy fines if they, ca- if they carried on yeah, yeah, so, and, yeah, and that's a thing, the, I don't know. so certainly, I remember around the time immediately after this uh, OPF that uh, <laughs> you, you heard a lot of uh, Boaz, you know, the, the um, uh, community enforcement warden, saying that they just weren't going to hand fines out anymore because they felt like they weren't, you know, that that it wasn't the, that it wasn't right. So when they, they'd seen the justice justice minister doing it, they felt like they weren't. Uh, you know, yeah, they, they weren't. Have, they, they, were... they didn't. They did. They lost some moral authority to to correct people.
2: Yeah, because you know, yeah. imagine being a boa and then have to find someone for um, for breaking yeah. the rules, and then these people will naturally say, "Yeah, but what about the justice exactly. minister, the guy right. who is in charge of you is yeah. breaking them as well, and he can get away with it?" So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 I think I think, and I thought it back then, but I think it now even more than that. He should have he should have resigned um, yes. the ministry because you know. He lost all credibility after this, and you yeah. can't, you can't have these rules and enforce them with someone like that. Um, yeah. You know, um, as your boss, I think.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think this opf as well uh, fails by Molly's criteria that it's it, it became too serious, and yeah, too, uh, to, yeah, to, 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 to had too many real world consequences to qualify as an opf. Uh, I mean, so, I do I think
1: th- that this moment was really a shift in the Dutch population's view of how they were going to treat the corona rules right that like i think people were understandably frustrated and chafing at the lockdown and very unhappy with how things were going and then this sort of happened and i think a lot of people kind of threw up their hands and basically said well i mean they're not doing it so why should we i think it gave a lot of fuel to the fire of some of these conspiracy theorists i mean unfortunately as funny as it was i i think it for my personal criteria it means it's got it got to be too serious
0: yeah it corroded public trust in the same yeah. way that uh, dominic cummings in the uk with his uh, drive up to barnet castle and his eye test uh, did you know th- th- maybe kravahad
1: should have just that. said he was checking his eyesight by standing he really should. close to his yeah. mother-in-law and seeing if she was still the same woman
2: moving on to week 41 again this has everything to do with coronavirus of course it was unavoidable at this point um a group of dutch artists influencers and djs posted on instagram that they were tired of the corona measures and that they would no longer follow the rules and they called on their followers to join their protest by using the hashtag ik do need me which basically means i won't do it anymore or i quit or i stop." Count me out yeah. Count me out. That was yeah. your, that was your, uh, suggestion, which, uh, which was a good one. Um, it turned out that the campaign was an idea of Willem Engel, a dance teacher turned anti lockdown activist slash conspiracy theorist slash virus Rasputin. <laughs> uh, and he had brought the group together on WhatsApp with members such as singer Tim Dousma, DJ Hartwell, and influencer Femke Louise. The campaign was immediately criticized by a lot of people who expressed their disapproval on social media with the hashtag, IQDWELME count me in um, a day later influencer Femke Louise, uh who has over a million uh, followers on Instagram was a guest on the talk show Yinek where she was asked to explain why she joined the campaign uh, her performance was well yeah she didn't really have a coherent story and the 23 year old was very uh, wildly ridiculed on social media but one of the other guests that evening was intensive care doctor Diederik Rommers who is one of the leading doctors of the Erasmus Medical Center Center, and also a member of the outbreak management team. So you one of the faces of... Um of this advisory board okay. of, uh, of, uh, for, of, of the government and he was one of the few who realized that Femke Louise was yeah, simply worried about her future and the economic impact of the measures and he said, uh, he pointed out that her concerns were actually very uh, genuine and uh, and Gomez invited her to, uh, to a tour of the Erasmus hospital to show her how serious the pandemic actually is and after which uh, Femke Louise posted an apology on Instagram along with an explanation to her one million followers about the serious of the virus on the advice of Frank Louisa uh, Dr. Gommers started his own Instagram account and it's gained 250,000 followers after only a few days and I checked mm. it just uh, just yesterday and it is 375,000 followers now wow. so right. his popularity has, he, yeah. has slowed down very much after that but um, yeah, yeah that still, still burst, a lot. Yeah. is he still posting on it uh, frequently yeah. Yeah. sometimes yeah he just posted a photo of uh, him with a uh, Feyenoord Christmas jumper
1: Ah, uh-huh. Nice Good. that he's in the holiday
2: spirit. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, yeah, but, it's they're, a, they're, yeah but they're not working
0: together anymore, are they, from Louise, and uh, Deepak? No, they, uh, they, they,
2: they, they, uh, they started to. They had plans to do a vlog or anything to just, yeah. uh, you know, uh, 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 to reach the young people, I guess. But they, um, yeah, they stopped their cooperation at some point, I think, yeah. because they had other other things to do i
0: mean it happens we've we've all got things to do although we haven't anymore because uh, we're all back in lockdown again
1: i mean i guess if you're if you're an intensive care doctor you're probably busy
2: (laughs) you're probably quite busy right now yeah 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 yeah, yeah. indeed i
1: don't know what fam louisa is up to but yeah
2: i haven't checked her instagram so i have no way of saying you don't follow
1: her on instagram paul no
2: i don't no do you
1: no i i follow nobody on instagram so no. i mean i follow like my sisters and that's basically it like there's <laughs> i don't i don't follow i follow truby you can follow truby on instagram oh yeah, oh, yeah. i,
0: I follow truby on instagram i don't look yeah. at instagram that much these days anymore
2: yeah. actually moving on to the last op- opeth on the list uh we already had uh yeah, nine ophevs uh, discussed uh, at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going fast when you're having fun. Mano Swart, a journalist and aviation enthusiast, tweeted a photo of the government's plane, the Gov, being prepared at Schiphol Oost. Since no ministers uh, had any official flight scheduled and Prime Minister Mark Rutte was uh, on his way to Brussels by car, there was only one explanation possible: the King and Queen were going on holiday. This was this was uh, at the, the the autumn holiday break, I believe, right?
0: Yes, it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and this was later confirmed when the plane's flight plan was released and the destination was indeed Greece where the king has a vacation home the fact the king was going on holiday during a global pandemic and the biggest crisis since World War II uh, and uh, despite Mark Rutte had just days before urged everyone to stay at home as much as possible naturally caused a lot of upheav. Mm. furious reactions were piling up gradually and slowly during the course of that Friday and at the uh, weekly press conference uh, after the ministerial Council that day. Uh, Hugo de Jonge was asked if the royal family were going on holiday uh, but he had no response to that and he didn't because he didn't know he said and also the head of the Rijksvoorrichtingsdienst who was present said that he wasn't aware that they were uh, on their way to the the holiday even though flight data showed that that at that exact moment, the PHGov was en route to Greece. Um, and as the day continued, the op exploded and became so large that on Friday evening, the king and queen released a communique that they had seen the op and that they, that they would return to the Netherlands as soon as possible. So yeah, op sometimes does have effect. And yeah. um, there was so much op uh that, that the king decided to uh, cancel his holiday and uh, come back to the Netherlands. But this wasn't the end of the OPF, no. because um, uh, the government's plane was almost uh, back at Schiphol at that point, uh, And it remained there for the rest of the of, uh, of the day on Saturday. Uh, and it was speculated that instead of sending the plane back to Greece, they would just take a simple commercial flight. Um, and conveniently, this also allowed them to stay at the vacation house for almost a day longer.
1: How convenient. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and when the plane landed uh, from, from from Athens in Schiphol, uh, 45 uh, minutes later, a small motorcade arrived at the palace, and photographs showed that Willem-Alexander was indeed in the car, but in contrast to all the other passengers, he wasn't wearing a face mask, so that... Caused another wave of path. Then on Sunday, Margrethe was spotted in The Hague. Uh, he was wearing his casual outfit uh, mm-hmm. and he told reporters that he knew the king was going to Greece, but he had made an error of judgment in not advising him not to go.
0: Yeah, and uh, his fashion advisor had also made an error of judgment, I think, in uh, suggesting he wore a hoodie to ministerial <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. meetings. <laughs> yeah,
2: and his, uh, his <laughs> yellow uh, converse.
1: That's the problem.
2: <laughs> yeah. And he has this, uh, this, this yellow converse sneakers that he uh, these yeah. all-star sneakers that he yeah. keeps wearing them even though they're very very ugly and ridiculous yeah, yeah. and these t-shirts from Gymshark shark as well <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> um But this was also not the end of the op because on Tuesday it was revealed that two of Willem-Alexander's daughters had stayed behind in Greece, while their parents and younger sisters returned to the Netherlands. The official explanation was that there were only six tickets available on Saturday night, three for the king and queen, and uh, others for the security details. But subsequent flights, however, were not full, and Princess Amalia and Princess Alexia could have returned earlier. Rutte said in a response that he was aware the girls were staying behind, but called the decision a private matter just like uh, everything else before this was also first deemed a private matter Um, the king released a two-minute long video on Thursday in which he said that he it heard that he uh, had betrayed the trust of the country and that he admitted that it was very uh, unwise to not take into account the impact of the new restrictions on uh, on the Dutch society he ended by saying that he was not infallible so, yeah, even this though actually
0: constitutionally he is and the yeah, Prime Minister so, has to uh, <laughs> hold,
2: take responsibility for all his mistakes yeah so uh, that, was, that was also a lie indeed yeah um, so yeah, this was uh, th- th- this was also a nice ophe because it was spread um, spread over a week and all these twists and turns. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, I think it's always fun when ophe um, has uh, new developments and new uh, revelations uh, uh, yeah. in the days after it happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's also kind of a subsection of ophe uh, where people were getting enraged that uh, Ritter was uh, te- was b- was apologising on the king's behalf, even though that's yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's part of his job.
2: Yeah, as Prime that's Minister. part of his job. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally his con. The only constitutional <laughs> aspect of his job is that he is responsible for yeah. uh, for for everything the king does says. Yeah.
1: I mean actually the most entertaining part of this all path was watching Paul and other people lose their shit on Twitter trying to explain this to people which <laughs> was to extremely, the Dutch extremely entertaining.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I think the 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 real upheaval we had in uh, I mean the number one upheaval was of course the FVD soap yes. that we had in in November in week forty eight with this wave of um, uh, FVD politicians resigning and yeah. um, this coup by uh, Kamer Ka- Ka- van Koophandel and the, uh, <laughs> changing the lock on the on the party uh, HQ. And, and changing the locks was the peak of that particular yeah, upheaval. Sure. That was
0: brilliant. Yeah. it was started off with Bode festival resigned as party leader, then as chairman, then he demanded his job back. In the meantime, the board was split uh, 50-50 on whether or not they should let him back in and they changed the locks and it was just, yeah. It, it was a very entertaining uh, week in politics.
2: And and this this uh, this 80s music that was playing during this dinner yes, which, which, which kicked which, it all off which kicked yeah. off his his rage uh, yeah. his anti-semitic rage and his yes. conspiracy <laughs> theories. I mean, who knew that 80s music had that effect? <laughs> I mean, I think Gordon. This uh, if 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 they were playing Dire uh, 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 Straits, Straits. And Gordon would have to. I same, could, I uh, could see Gordon having this level being... of
1: meltdown over being forced to listen to Dire Straits at a dinner party. <laughs> I, so. I could
2: definitely see it as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah,
2: I think so too. But yeah, uh, the week forty-eight uh, half I don't think we can um, uh, we can include because there were no. so many halves in this story that it's just too difficult to pick one. So uh, we're gonna have to do it with the with the other ten that we uh, I just listed. So. So, yeah. yeah, it's time to nominate uh, nominate our ophefs. hefs yeah, yeah. um, uh, I'd,
0: I'd like to put in an honorable mention as well for, um, I know it's not in the top 10, but uh, the, the, the op-hef about the David team Tower in Edinburgh, which is one of my, my, my favorite moments on Twitter this this year.
2: Yeah. yeah, I
1: was going to say, I can't believe we didn't list this in the top 10. Considering Gordon caused the all path, Oh,
2: because yeah. it was Gordon's own all-path. <laughs> that's right, Yeah, that's yeah right. The, the,
0: this is where the the, the Telegraph uh, picked up a tweet and, and, and ran with it without checking that uh, Edinburgh University had renamed the David Hume Tower, which is an awful... Uh, Well, small skyscraper um, (laughs) uh, on its campus. Uh, They renamed it uh, Number 40 George Square in honour of George Floyd, the guy who was suffocated to death by the police in, um, in Minnesota. But, of course, that wasn't true. 40 George Square was just the address of the building. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, but yeah, 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 and also this building wasn't even—I mean, you—you you wouldn't be happy if—if if this building was named after you, right? So no, yeah, it's, yeah, I think it—it's—it's more of an honor to David Hume to just uh, unname yeah. this to building no, after no longer to be to have his name taken event. off this, uh, yeah, this building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's time for us to decide which OPF is uh, is the official nominee. So uh, Molly, because it's, this is your last episode, you can uh, you can go first.
1: I mean, I I think everybody knows what my pick is going to be, and that's going to be Sex Plane. I think that was the most sort of entertaining, <laughs> delightful, ridiculous, dumb OpeF of the year. I mean, I, right. I I do agree with you. Obviously, that the FA Day scandal was obviously like the OPF of the year. But I think we had discussed this before and basically concluded that like it can't be all pef officially if it drags on for two weeks and involves like whole masses of things falling apart even if it's not that significant so yeah yeah in light of that i pick sex plane Katja
2: yeah. sex play I'm just uh, I'm uh, adding it notes. to the Google Forms as we speak now. Okay. So So uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's number one. Gordon, which one uh, do you choose?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I liked the uh, the the one about uh, the, the window cleaner uh, going yeah. past the king in um, Borja, but I'm still going to stick with the one that I mentioned earlier, which is uh, Abel de Bermus interviewing the ghost of Pimfort Town on the uh, conspiracy yeah. theorist. Uh, broadcasting so ridiculous. network. I think that's how it is. It's so, ridiculous. so ridiculous. There's so many facets to it. It, it. it it pulls in so many elements that you see in recurring in OPF, which is like right wing parties. Uh, yeah, um, people people moaning about um, the, the the media being too left wing. for Town media, yeah, dodgy fraudulent mediums. You know, it 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 has got everything really that you'd want to have in OPEF. It's true. It has got
2: everything uh, that yeah. you want in OPEF Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, what are you going to uh, pick, uh, Paul? Yeah, I'm thinking of the Van Dissel Rutte handshake, perhaps, or or the seed snatching. I'm. Mm. So Which the question one should I is: choose? It
1: now comes down to you because both Gordon and I have deliberately, I suspect, chosen non-corona-related <laughs> allpath. So are we going to decide that there's not going to be an allpath of the year option that is corona-related?
2: Oh, it must be corona-related, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go for um for the uh, handshake then. Yeah, yeah. No, not the
0: seat snatching. I like yeah. the seat snatching as well. I like much,
1: the seat so. snatching as well. Yeah.
2: Maybe we should all
0: list all four. Have those as the four options.
2: Oh, yeah, I can add a fourth one. Uh, yeah. the, the, the wild card we do is this for the every season. Year. Yeah. Do, doesn't
1: this yeah, one really always happen a every year that we try to nominate three and we always end up with four? <laughs> no, we no. Just,
2: like, what can't. happens every year is that you rig the election. Yeah, that's yeah you awesome. rig the
0: election. You sneak in an extra N- one, which then not, mysteriously becomes the winner.
1: It's funny how that works. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Not yeah. this
1: year, apparently, so we'll, we'll see because I, I wash my hands of all responsibility. So it's somebody else's right. uh, responsibility to rig the election in favor of the sex plane <laughs> one. Yeah. Uh
2: seed snatching saga yeah. all right that's uh that's uh number four, so, there's a four um, so
0: people have got until when to vote on this poll?
2: Uh, when are we? When do we return? I think January. Uh, what was it? Uh, January the
0: uh, the the, 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 uh, yeah, the first full week of January. The eighth. The the okay, then they have to, yeah. until
2: uh, uh, January seventh, twelfth. Uh, admin died, so that's uh, they can uh, they can vote for it uh, until then. Yeah, and you can also win a mug. So um um yeah, you can just um, uh, tick the box if you want to win the mug. Uh, win the mug, and then you have to uh, uh, send your email address. And if you win it, then we will uh, let you know yes yeah. um when uh, so uh, we know where we can send it to so um yeah this Exciting. was uh, the 2020 opf of the year yeah. special um yeah. and the closing podcast of the year as well so. and the closing podcast of yeah. the year and the closing podcast of molly so yeah, yeah it's, uh, uh, it's uh it's a uh, it's 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 a very special episode yeah, it's a milestone in many it's ways it's a
1: very yeah, yeah a very special episode
2: so uh, please go out and vote and uh, we, uh, if you don't uh, uh, agree with the, with the result then you can all, always go to the Supreme Court and fight it there. Indeed. Or you can demand yeah, a, a recount or or uh, you, you can, can just stage p- your press conference at the Four Seasons Garden Centre as this well. This is true. For Indeed. Space. But yeah. first, make sure that you have dyed your hair and that you are very sweaty. <laughs> yes. So, I just yeah, I just realized hot, yeah, Prince Andrew can never be Donald Trump's personal attorney because yeah. he no. doesn't sweat.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is true. Oh my god! I think there are other reasons he can't be uh, Donald Trump's personal <laughs> attorney. Actually, but, but come before that, but yeah, I that appreciate
1: is you guys making the ending of this, <laughs> this podcast so painful that I'm not regretting my decision to leave <laughs> <only laughs> right now. <laughs>
2: Um, all right that's uh, everything that we have for you at uh, this uh, this episode this um, <laughs> uh, you can get in touch with us by email to podcast at Dutch News NL if you want to help us out please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating You can also back us on patreon at patreon.com slash Dutch News and earn yourself a free shout out on the podcast my thanks to Gordon Derek and a special thanks to Molly Quell I'm Paul Peters and we'll be back next year